Welcome to Uncontained, episode 171. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I speak to a podcaster, the host of Nowhere to Go But Up, and uh, he interviews people who have had those rock bottom stories and have kind of helped build their way up from them. And in his life, in this interview, you'll find out he's experienced rock bottom three times and in and out of prison and uh, struggling with addiction. He talks about that and how he got his life turned around by stacking small positive things. We'll talk about that along with just podcasting in general and uh, what it's like starting up a show, what to expect. Uh, And Sean shares a surprise talent of his near the end of the show. So make sure you stick around to find out what that is. Also, Also, if you have been liking the show, been digging what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button in whichever podcast player you listen to, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, all of those are good. So if you listen there, please subscribe, rate, and review. It definitely helps out the show. Now, plug in those earbuds because this is how Sean Dustin lives uncontained. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. You said something like you did like five interviews already today. So thank you for taking the time out. Uh, So nowhere to go but up. And what is the podcast about and where did you get the concept from? All right. So nowhere to go but up pretty much encompasses me. All right. Because I started from zero three times in my life, like literally zero. Really? Yeah. The last time that that happened, I was, uh, you know, I came out of prison in 2006 with nothing but the clothes on my back, moved back to uh, California, Pinole with my mom, uh, paroled out here in the federal system and, uh, yeah, started over nothing. I had nothing, um, lost my cars, lost everything and, uh, had to start over. And that was the, the last time that it happened. Um, but it wasn't the last time that I got in trouble, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So you said you had to start over three times in your life. And so like, um, were any of the three times harder than either one or was, was it just equally like sucky each time? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, they were all situations that myself i put myself in those situations and it was probably because of a lot of my own actions that forced you know either a woman to to take all my stuff or like i said i went to prison so there was a reason there and the per the, the woman that i was with at the time was you know an active in her own addiction and you know everything that i'd possibly have didn't even matter that i went to prison for her to keep her out of going to trouble you know what i mean but really? uh yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're dealing with the meth uh, and, and methamphetamine and, and that torp type of environment, especially in Las Vegas. Um, you know, it's it, it, no, nobody cares. You know, it's dog eat dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm from the Midwest and there is definitely a lot of that going on in the Midwest as well. Um, <laughs> so. All right. So you started up. Uh, so you started up a podcast. What, what inspired you to uh start up no start nowhere to go but up so it was probably about a year and a half ago that i started thinking about it and it was right around the time when i i started uh realizing that i i was overweight um and i i really started getting into reading stuff online uh facebook stuff um podcasts themselves i just got into rogan um and uh i I just i was amazed at the fact that that we'd been being lied to for years about the food pyramid and you know how sugar was i I got into keto and all this other stuff and it was just amazing to me how, how we'd been being lied to and that sort of like spawned me into listening to other conspiracy podcasts like the tinfoil hat um uh freeman fly 
uh, who else? There's a couple of other ones that I was listening to, Grimerica, and uh, it just it really sparked something in me. And in listening to to Rogan, and he's always talking about, hey, if you're not doing something that you like, you know, because there's a lot of people out there doing jobs that they're not happy in, and it's causing them to be, you know, angry in their personal life. And, you know, it, that really kind of resonated with me. And, you know, for a year, I was putting this thing together, putting it together, get a piece here, get a piece there, get my, my promo art together, get my whole, my whole deal. And I had everything and all I needed to do was just press go. And then all of a sudden, all those, those voices got into my head, you know, that tell you, you know what I mean? You're stupid. Why, who, who wants to listen to you? So basically I was talking myself out of it and yeah, the imposter and, syndrome. Exactly. And, uh, finally I just, I, I just had enough of my own excuses as to why, you know, oh, well, I need to get five episodes and then, you know, have a little small bank and then I can go and, and, and do this. And then five episodes turns into nine and then nine turns into 12. And, and before you know it, you know, you're, you're, you just got a stack of shit with nowhere to go with it. And so, <laughs> you know, so in order for me to kind of hack myself, I just said, Hey dude, you know what? Just do it, launch it and force yourself to have to, to be, um, accountable, accountable to, to finish this thing that you got going. Um, and you know, from my life, I've, I've, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot of different things. I've have a trans uh, sibling, um, alcoholic father grew up in a, grew up in an abusive home. Um, you know, a lot, just a lot of things, uh, in my life wow. that, yeah, that were, were bad. I mean, I, I, from the time I was, uh, 15 till I was 30, I would say 33 because in 2004 is when I actually got got locked up in Vegas and then 2005 I got sentenced 2006 I was let out so I was almost in for probably about three years I was in state uh prison in in Nevada and then I paroled out of there and went to federal prison in in uh Sheridan Oregon and but you know from 15 till that point I had been in and out of like 18 different institutions from drug rehabs to to jails to prison you know what I mean? It was just an ongoing, um, just chaos, man, chaos. And I just never seemed to be able to, to, you know, I would get a little traction and then drugs or I'd meet somebody and then I would fall back down and it was just a repetitive, uh, you know, how you just get into those loops, those, those, you know, patterns of, of destructive behavior. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So that, that's what ended up happening. And, um, you know, I've got a million stories. I mean, Jesus Christ, I was a drug dealer. I, I worked in almost all the strip clubs in Sacramento selling drugs. Um, I was a part of in the nineties, the late nineties and the early two thousands, um, here in our area down here, I was a part of all the, the rave culture that was happening, all the ecstasy, the club drugs, GHB, all that stuff I was selling. And so, you know, most of the time for me to sell it, it was, uh, I was just getting it for free. I mean, I was the worst drug dealer you could probably ever come across. Cause I always, just <laughs> even, you know, I never made any money at it and probably ended up owing a lot of people money in the end. But yeah, it was just all of these things that in my life and all the, the struggles that I'd been through and I managed to find a way through that, you know, it took me, it took me a long time. But in the end, you know, now I have a, uh, you know, I make six figures. I'm a, a, a union foreman. I, I work for my, uh, um, I'm, you know, in the business part of my my union. Um, I'm probably going to, you know, run for a business agent here pretty soon. So, I mean, I'm, a, I'm pretty well respected okay. where I'm at uh, in life. And then I also, you know, just, I, I think the big change for me through that was, um, once, once I got tired of being tired and I know that sounds cliche and you hear that kind of shit in the rooms all the time, like of AA and NA, I, I didn't go yeah. that I used AA or NA, whichever one it was AA for me. Um, even though alcohol really wasn't my drug of choice, but it was the closest thing in a 12 step program that was to me. So that's what I used, but I didn't like the setting. I didn't like the clickiness in there. I didn't like how it was like high school. And so I just kind of went oh, away yeah? Yeah, I just I kind of went away from it, 
and stopped doing stuff on my own and then got got hooked back on uh on opiates and so i had a seven-year addiction to that that lasted till about maybe a year and a half ago and that was around the same time too when i was doing this podcast i was like you know how are you going to be out there telling people about shit when you're still getting 120 uh percocet a month from you know kaiser and and popping these things (laughs) and so i was just like you know you just gotta you just stop so basically my mission is, is sort of been that, um, I'm, I'm being the change that I want to see in the world because everything's got to start with me. All right. I can't change anybody. I can't change anything until I change who I, am. you know what I mean? And become a, a, a respectable person and somebody, you know, I mean that we all have a facade. I mean, it's almost like the, the Facebook, uh, syndrome. You know what I mean? Where, you know, you're living your, <laughs> yes. you're living your best life for everybody else. But, you know, in the corners and, you know, in the dark recesses of your mind, you're a piece of shit. You know, so I just. And when you look on uh, Facebook or Instagram, when you are down and, you know, you're seeing like everybody with like uh, posting all of their best moments. So you're seeing that and comparing it to your worst moments that can have an effect on you as well. You know, like when you're like feeling when you're broke and you see people with like Bentley's posted on uh, Instagram, it's like, man, this isn't helping me right now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So in a way, are you using the podcasts to help better yourself or did you start the podcast because you were already on the journey to better yourself? Well, I was already on the journey to better myself. I'd already lost like the 35 pounds. I got back into shape. Um, you know, I, I was eating clean, doing all that stuff, listening to more podcasts, getting more, um, uh, uh, doing, doing small little things that were, were giving me more, um, uh, self-esteem in this area, you know, because I, I'd never done this before. I mean, I, I remember yeah. talking on the phone to girls when I was, a you know, in, in high school and they would always say, Oh my God, you got such a great voice and da 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 and this and that. Yeah. But I was like, oh, well, whatever, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. And, um, and God, I just, there's something about podcasting that to me is, uh, I just can't, I can't explain it, man. I listen to these, these, uh, all my podcasts through little earbuds, right. While I'm working. So for eight hours a day, I, like I work by myself. So for eight hours a day, I'm, I'm listening to content all day long. And for me, it's a more intimate experience listening to there because it's not, I'm not listening passively. I mean, it's, it's right there. There's, I can't get away from it. It's in my head. Yeah. And and it's just been, it's been a a transformational type of thing and it's inspired me to, to want to bring that to other people. And podcasting is becoming super popular. I mean, you're hearing it now everywhere. Everybody's got a podcast now, you know, you listen to mainstream, they're even picking it up you know, and having podcasts to their news, news coverages and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it was something that, that, um, I w- I started doing and in, in the beginning, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought that it was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm gonna be like Rogan. You know what I mean? I'm going to get <laughs> money and, and all this stuff. And Oh my God, you know, I'm gonna be popular and, and, and then I had to pull back from that for a second. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Wh- all right, let's, let's, let's rewind. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? You know, is it, is it because you, you want to yeah. feed ego or is it because you want to help somebody? And I had to, and before I had to really think about that hard before I launched it, because I can tend to let my ego get in the way of, of almost everything. Um, and I have to check that. Yeah, so I made sure that I, you know, I was, I was straight on that front and, uh, you know, and then I just really, I started just, you know, trying to focus on other people's story, not so much my own because mine will come out, you know, and I knew that, that at some point I would be on other people's podcasts and my story will come out. I don't necessarily always need to be talking about myself, especially on my own show where yeah it's not about me it's about the people that i'm trying to interview and getting their point across so i had to kind of figure that out you know and and like i listened to all my stuff at least three times you know so i replaced the podcast that i listened to with like whenever i finish my uh recording an episode i'll throw it onto my OneDrive 
and I'll listen to it while I'm at work now and I'll pick out like things like, Oh man, I make this, you know what I mean? Little sounds that you make. Oh you, yeah. You know I what hate I mean? mouth noises. And so I'll pick out all these things. I'm like, Oh, I need to change that. I need to change this. I need to change that. But what ended up really happening was that this whole thing was more therapeutic for me than I think it was for anybody else, because it's allowing me a way to get my stuff out there and to and to feel like I'm actually making a difference in the world. I mean, whether it's a big one or a small one, it's just my my contribution, you know, because I've taken a lot in my life and I haven't given a whole lot back. And I have a lot of knowledge yeah. to give and a lot of, you know, stuff and positive to things to uh to put out there. And so that's just kind of what I'm doing now. I'm just focusing on 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 putting out content that's going to help other people and you know, or the, let the cards fall where they will. Very cool, man. Very cool. So um, now, obviously, we know a little bit about your background now that uh, you've had to come up from nothing three times. Uh, so like what what type of guest do you have on the show? Is it are they people who are dealing with rock bottom situations and coming back all the time? Or do you have just a variety? Uh, what can people expect to hear when they listen to your show? So it's a alternating, um, it's an alternating uh, deal. So let's say one week, uh, this week was, I think I dropped that one with uh, about monogamy, open relationships and stuff like that with a friend of mine. That's kind of the lighter side of what I do. Yes, I listened to that one today. Yeah, that's the lighter side of what I do. And it's it more goes into my interests and things that interest me. And then I, I'll bring in other people. Like I, I wanted to try her out to see how well we gelled together as, as a dynamic. And, uh, you know, I've gotten somewhat of a good response so far. Um, and then in the next one, like so next week, it'll be, you know, a bottom, like somebody that's hitting a bottom. Or actually, this is a, a lady from Chicago who is uh, doing work in the inner cities uh, and she has a group called, I think, come find me. And so she's doing a lot of okay. stuff in the inner cities in Chicago. And so it's just, you know, and other people have bottoms, you know, the comeback coach, that was a bottom, you know, and talking about his story. And so I just figured that, you know, if I was going to put that out every week, something serious, I mean, it might get a little bit depressing. So I figured <laughs> I, I could see that. Yeah, so I figured if I just sort of mixed it up with other things in between, you know, uh, like like uh, Melissa from the XY podcast, and she's a voiceover actress, you know, and I, I, I got with her because I found her on Instagram, and voiceover was something that I was interested in doing. And like I told you before, I'd, I'd uh, gone to Voice One as well in San Francisco for a, a short yes. period of time. And so, I mean, it's kind of, it's almost like, since Rogan was one of my was one of my influences, I kind of I don't know. It's just stuff that interests me, you know. Like I'm supposed to go and and learn how to kiteboard, uh, and starting in July. I mean, it's super expensive. I'm gonna have to cancel, but um, I'm still gonna interview the guy that's the that's out there doing it, you know, because it's something that interests. <laughs> me. At some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I think it looks super cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen it before, but yeah, it looks like it'd be uh really fun to do. You know, just um for people who don't know what kiteboarding is, I've never actually done it, so you want to explain what that is or basically it's like sailing on a surfboard, right? Kind of with a kite. Oh, it's more like a it's more like a wakeboard type of like a smaller board or maybe it's a little bit bigger than that. I'm not sure. I know that the 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 price point of entry into this hobby is super expensive. So it's 1500 just for the lessons to learn how to do it. And then 2000 for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just to be, you know, and it's used because you need a couple of different kites because the wind, you know what I mean? If you're, you know, the wind over here near Sherman Island where they do all the lessons and stuff is different from the kind of wind that you're going to get on the coast. If you want to go and, and, and try, you know, doing that stuff on the coast. Um, and it's uh, it's really cool, man. I mean, I've seen them do it in Maui. I've seen them uh, do it out in Emeryville, and uh, it, it seems like something that's really, really fun. And it's a good workout. And I love everything that has to do with the water. I have jet skis. I've had a boat. I live near the Delta, so I mean, I'm always out on you know camping. I got a 40 foot fifth wheel that I take out, which is probably gonna be getting oh sold. nice, yeah. 
So, I mean, I have an idea of what I want to do with that thing, and it has to do with podcasting and, and going across the country and doing fun stuff. But uh, oh, that could be that could be cool. Just thinking about the possibilities with that, <laughs> especially twenty twenty coming up, and we've got a, you know, everybody's. I, I don't know how involved in politics you are and in, in, in what's going on in our country, and and with all that mess, I don't really want to get a whole lot. Of yeah, I kind of try to keep like politics eh, if they come up i talk about them but i'm not a political expert so i don't throw them out on my show a whole lot yeah just just you know where we're at as a country and as a whole you know we're we're in an area that uh, you know is whatever it is i i have a bad taste in my mouth because last year you know they changed all the tax codes this year last year i got two thousand back i didn't do anything different this year and i owed ten thousand so I mean I, I'm really not very, yeah I'm not very happy with that guy. Yeah yeah I I hear you man I hear you on that. Uh, so are you planning on hitting the campaign trail, going around interviewing people, or? Well, kind of. I mean, because with social media, it always gets uh, distorted what's really happening in the real world, and so we we get a conflated sort of idea of the nonsense that's happening on Facebook and all the back and forth, you know, bickering between the left and the right and the, the middle and this and that and everybody, you know, and nobody really knows what's going on. So I was thinking about maybe I had an idea where, you, you know, cause the, I have a front living room in my, in my uh, RV with five slide outs and it's a perfect studio literally a perfect podcast studio because it's insulated and, and there's, and it's such a small, a small space that there's no, there's no echo. And it, I, it, it can just be okay. a perfect setup for that. And I, I almost wanted to go and, and sort of do a back, a background on all the candidates and kind of do like an FBI thing where they have, uh, you know, the, the, the map, and they have, or not the map, but like they're going to Rico somebody, right? And they've got this person, this person, this person, and who they're tied yeah. to. You know, I kind of want a yarn, to yarn, a string lines between the two yeah. of them and everything like that. Like, I got you. I'm yeah. picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> so I wanna, yeah, I want to kind of do something like that because and, and, and figure out because like, what do these people, you know, vote on in Congress? You know, because a lot of, you know, that that tells the whole story right there, you know, because if they're not voting for certain things in their voting, but then they're coming out and saying that, you know, they support this and support that. But they obviously don't because they they're voting different, you know, at, up on the hill, you know. But nobody ever really knows anything. Yeah, about that. you know, we're all unaware and we're constantly being uh, fed um, and 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 directed, you know, all the time, you know. So I don't know. It's just something, you know, maybe going across, you know, go to some of those uh, states where where he has a stronghold in and see if, you know, they're thinking the same thing that everybody else is thinking, or is it just, you know, is it just a facade? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, like there's, I don't know, I think with Trump, um, a lot of like people who live in more diverse states see other effects that have come from Trump's presidency than people who live in less diverse states because getting less diverse states see like economic stuff that he's trying to do i guess trying to get them jobs and stuff but not seeing the other side of the coin you see like in oakland and stuff like that yeah like the homeless problem i mean a lot of this stuff is all state level stuff that that you know should be dealt with there but i mean there definitely is a lot of uh just a, just a lot of chaos man it's just the government was never meant to be as big as it is it's gotten way too big um you know i i, I was talking about this today I, one of the interviews that i did today was with a uh, an investigative journalist that's retired and he was uh working for an nbc affiliate um post watergate and so he was explaining okay wow yeah and so he was explaining to me that what what that what that station was saying publicly was 100% different than what they were saying behind closed doors. They were saying, oh, yeah, we support free speech and all this other stuff. But somewhere from from way above, it was being told, no, you're you're not doing that. You know, so really, yeah, man. And it's it, the world's been like this for a long time. man. it's just, you know, they're the, the president is nothing but a puppet. You know, he's a front he's a front guy. 
and you know yeah. the strings are, the strings are being pulled somewhere else and i think you know that we're in a, a second age of enlightenment and i say this all the time but they can't hide it, hide anything anymore because we have instant access to information you know you can't bomb syria without without it going on on online somewhere or somebody you know posting something about it or coming back from that war zone and telling everybody about it or or writing an article or or something you know it's just they can't hide like they did before yeah definitely it's uh made the world a lot smaller and uh you know the whole instead of like a big city it's almost like a small town now everybody knows everybody's business yeah i i think it's great man i think instead of you know one uh, the new world order it should be the citizens of the world unite against the against the tyranny of 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 the governments you know trying to put us all together you know i don't know maybe i listen to too yeah. many conspiracy to conspiracy podcasts <laughs> which conspiracy podcasts do you listen to uh tinfoil hat grimerica um I used to listen to Conspiracy Farm, but they changed to something else. That was a Pat Militich and, and another guy. Uh, Freeman okay. Fly. I was actually locked up with uh, in federal prison with a guy named Fritz Springmeier, who was, uh, he was an author, and he wrote Bloodlines of the Illuminati and uh, something okay. about the Watchtower Society. And so I would walk the track with this guy for hours just listening to his stories and, and you know, stuff about, you know, how close he was getting to the truth and what happened to him and they they stuck his ass in there they railroaded him right into prison to shut him up really is that kind of how you got into the whole conspiracy thing well that was those were the seeds all right he planted the seeds and then i was still when i got out like in 2006 i didn't i didn't get clean off of meth until 2010 so there was four years while i was running them up Right. So, I mean, I, I was in a, a, a marriage that I went AWOL from, you know, I was still, I had more to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I got arrested, I was yeah. you know, selling drugs and doing check fraud um, and, and, and dabbling in credit card stuff, not, not actually pressing out cards and doing all that other stuff that I learned how to do, you know, around 2009, 2008, 2009. And uh, yeah, yeah, he, he planted the seeds. And then, you know, once I started, uh, once I got out of prison and I actually started, um, cause it, you know, um, thinking about it and thinking about everything, you know, cause it takes a little bit to decompress from being in a place like that. Cause it's an unnatural situation for anybody to be in and it breeds violence and it breeds hatred. And I had to decompress from that because I came out with that attitude, you know, where I just, that's just how I felt. And, um, uh, I stayed drunk for about six months. Uh, and it was just a really difficult adjustment for me, but I mean, I made it through and, you know, I always do it just, you know, sometimes and, I have to hit my head against the, the same wall three or four times before I realize, Oh shit, I got to go left or right. Can't go straight. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you make that adjustment going from like, you know, wherever you are all day is kind of told to you, like you're told when like, you're going to go lunch, rec time, sleep stuff like that in prison to having choices in society is it like yes freedom or is it like in shawshank redemption when like uh at the end where brooks uh was like kind of like institutionalized i guess and didn't know what to do when he was out so definitely i think that's true for the folks that spend 5 10 15 20 years you know, because you've got a whole chunk of time that's gone by, you know, the people that went in before before uh, the cell phones came out and they come out now. I mean, they have no idea, you know, so much so much has gone by and so much technology has has, you know, come through where they're just lost. Oh. You know, I was lucky. It was only like three years for me. So, you know, I was our I, I think I had a cell phone before I, I went in and, you know, the, the cell phones were a little bit different. They turned into computers at the beginning portion of when I got out, which was 2006. Um, but I mean, I, I was lucky. I had, you know, I, I had a support system. I had my family, my mom, you know, she's always been there for me, no matter what, all the stupid shit I've ever done. Um, so that, that really helped. I had a car, you know, that I had access to that I could use versus, you know, some of these guys, they come out, man, and it's just, they're doomed to fail because the system is set up 
to for you to fail. It's it's better for them to have you uh, violate and go back because it's a prison. And the, at the end of the day, it's a it's a business, right? Bottom line. Yeah, they make money off your cheap labor, pretty much, right? Yep. Yeah, and then they get you know the the private places they get you know like thirty thousand dollars a year for you to be in there. Or some some crazy ass number. I don't know. But the funny thing was is that when I was doing my uh, my federal uh, fighting my case, the uh, in Las Vegas uh, Clark County Detention Center, I believe that the the judges own the com the commissary there. So they starve you when you get there and force you if you want to eat. You know what I mean? They, I mean, they give you the the bare minimum amount of calories that you're allowed that you should have that one person should have for a day, which isn't which isn't shit. If you want to yeah. get something else to eat, you got to buy the commissary, which is owned by the judges. I mean, it, does that seem like a uh, like a what's that a conflict of interest to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, they want to make like, more money. Yeah, we'll starve them. So uh, when they get in, they'll have to. Uh, buy the commissary and uh pat our pockets because yeah yeah sounds sounds like a good business plan (laughs) everything is corrupt and you start and you start to see the more that you were like the more that i was in with people that were fighting their cases and stuff i mean you had remember back in so i don't know if you know about um like uh freeway rick ross and and the whole iran contra thing where you know oliver north and the cia were bringing in all the cocaine flooding the streets with crack to pay for the uh the 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 fight against communism and the contras and stuff like that ragua all right so around that time when i got in there was when the back end of all that shit was was going down and so they were starting to rico all these uh, rolling 60 crips from LA and you know that were selling all these drugs and stuff like that all these dudes got railroaded man that you know it's just they they thought they could fight the case because there was no evidence and you can't fight the government and they all got they all got you know they thought they could fight it they were offered 10 years and uh, oh, we're gonna go to we're gonna take its trial you guys don't have any evidence you don't have any drugs there's nothing there all you have is some piece of shit that sold some drugs to us maybe five years ago and that word was enough to give him 20 years wow that that's crazy dude so um like what was it do you think that uh made it so that you'd be able to stay out and uh not not go back into the system <laughs> you wanted to you want to this is a funny thing right so what what kept me from going like when i got off of drugs in 2010 i stopped doing meth uh i went and did a violation came out like 90 days and i was like i'm done i'm gonna go back to my union thing because i think part of the problem was in 2008 i got in the union in 2007 i wasn't an apprentice yet um but 2008 hit the recession and I got laid off and I still didn't have a very solid, solid foundation underneath me. And I went back to using again. Um, okay. And then that's when I went on that run. So after 2010 and I did my, my violation for all that, um, I, I decided to um, start playing softball, uh, slow pitch, uh, adult softball. Okay. And so it, it put it took me away from from the group that the bad group right and it put me into a whole new group of people um that i you know probably would never even associate with and so it it just made me accountable to have to show up somewhere and not let it you know be a part of a team not let people down and through that i started realizing that i didn't like the the league that we were playing in so i wanted to start my own softball league and so I did. I went to the city that I lived in and I said, and I figured out how to do all this stuff and I started my own league. And so from that, I got a little bit more um, self-esteem or a little bit more courage. And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I think I want to start running tournaments, like softball tournaments. And I want to go join, you know, the USSSA Association. And I started running my own tournaments. So I was a tournament director now. Then I started uh, throwing tournaments and paying, uh, 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 what was it? Uh, sponsoring us a, a, a co-ed team 
And so we would go with the proceeds that I would make from from uh, the tournaments, and I would take this team to Las Vegas and play in the Worlds, and I would take them other places and pay for tournaments other other areas. And so all these little incremental things were giving me were giving me uh, self esteem or not self esteem, but um, confidence that I could do something that I wasn't, you know what I mean? That I wasn't just a criminal, that I was smart, that I okay. could, that I could accomplish goals. And then so slowly, but surely it just, it just one goal turned into another goal, turned into another one, turned into a bigger thing. And then all of a sudden the risk versus reward. And I say this a lot because this is how my mind works. So before the risk was here, right. But the reward was up here. So, I mean, I wasn't losing okay. much to risk. So, I mean, I didn't have shit. So, I mean, if I went to jail, I'm not really losing shit. You know, I'm, I'm just li- living my life. Well, that started going like this. It started changing. So the risk was really high because I had a six-figure income or, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to doing this or doing that. And that just, that was the change. And that was the, the mindset change. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I have stuff that I can lose now and I don't want to lose it. And so, yeah, that just became, you know, how I, how I operated. Okay. All right. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. So just building off little successes and little successes tell you had, had something that was more valuable to you than the risk. Now, now that you are where you are now for people who are going through what you went through when you came out, like what would, what advice would you give to them for, you know, making their own path? Well, the one thing that I do know is that when you're not ready, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You have to be ready in your own mind and done with whatever it is that you're out there doing. Once you get to that point, then you need to find something that, that you can do that makes you feel good. All right. Makes you feel good about yourself. Okay. So what I was doing was I would find ways to, let's say, um, I would do things that would make me feel bad about myself, which in turn would give me an excuse to go and get high. Well, I mean, fuck, I'm a piece of shit. Might as well go get high. You know, oh, I disappointed somebody else. Might as well go get high. You know, so I'd always have a built-in excuse as to, to keep me stuck in my situation. All right. So you just find something. It doesn't matter what it is that it's going to allow you to keep making small progresses and incremental steps in getting more self-esteem, more confidence, um, find a hobby, find something, you know, that you can do, you know, to keep, to keep you out of trouble and, uh, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that, I don't know, that's pretty much kind of what I did. You know, I thought it was uh, really a true statement that no matter what anybody tells you, uh, unless you're ready, it won't have, you know, it won't matter. But hearing somebody talk that's been through it and getting advice from them through through the wisdom they gained can help a lot of people when they are ready. So I appreciate you kind of sharing your story right there. Um, now I'm going to switch modes a little bit more towards the entertainment aspect and to help people who are looking to get into the entertainment industry right now. And whether it's podcasting or whatever Avenue they want to head down. So my my question my first question to you is what advice do you have for somebody who is maybe looking to get into doing podcasting or voiceover since you've been doing voiceover as well uh i the the main thing i believe is just figure it out get in there and do it um a lot of the learning comes from making mistakes because you're going to make a lot of mistakes in the beginning um so I think that, uh, you know, I read, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I watched, uh, I listened, you know, especially when I got onto these, uh, these boards, when I found these boards, the groups and stuff, man, there's a, there's a whole lot of information in there, you know, about if you just go through the threads or use the search option and, uh, you know, try to figure out what it is you're looking for. I mean, there's tons of information on there. Um, 
the one thing that's the one thing I can say. Whatever it is that you want to do in podcasting, figure it out. Get yourself your basic equipment that you're going to need. Like the stuff that I got, I went way overboard, and it's only because I have a, a good job. You know, I can <laughs> afford to to waste money. Uh, well, I can't really afford to waste money, but I mean, I, I I this stuff sat around for quite a while before I actually put it into use. Um, and then just start it. Whatever it is, just start because you're going to have to it. it it's going to be a five-year mission for you anyways once you start this thing you know nothing's going to happen for you you know what i mean for at least five years because it's a small it's a it's a it's a slow slow organic process especially for me because i started everything like i didn't have any social media other than what i started for this podcast so like the you know all my the facebook the instagram everything was start from zero you know and just i felt that that was the way that i needed to do it and like, I don't even tell anybody from my work that I have a podcast because I don't want them to know because you know, I'm trying to be a business agent and I definitely don't want them to know, you know what I mean? To try to use that against me, you know, it comes out that I, yeah. or I, I used uh, uh, edible marijuana to, to break, to kick that, you know, opioid, opioid addiction. Um, you know, it, it's political in, in the, at, at the, end of the day it's still a political thing man it's about people electing me into a position uh of of responsibility and a lot of these people don't understand that dude it's i, I would rather deal with 75 people that are high on pot than than 20 guys that are drunk drunk on alcohol you know it's just a, it's a no-brainer yeah i mean I, i've never i've never seen a guy that was stoned that wanted to fight anybody no you know, I've seen hundreds of guys that were drunk and wanted to fight everybody, including myself. Exactly. You know, that's why I don't really drink anymore. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, dude. So, well. Brain, brain fart. Exactly. I was like, ah, talking about smoking all this pot just made me feel high. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> made me have a brain fart. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Uh, some THC broke loose or something. <laughs> but uh, all right, man. So that that's awesome, though. Ask a lot of questions. What I wanted to ask you real quick while you were talking about the forums, but I didn't want to interrupt. What are some of the boards and forums that you go on to find out information? I am on like seven, seven or no, probably a lot more than that, like uh, podcast promotions, the, the podcast movement one. Uh, what uh promote your podcast here uh i could probably pull them all up i mean there's a bunch of them on my facebook uh so let's see here it is so we got podcast guest connection all guests for that podcast share your podcast promote your podcast blatant podcast advertising um what else podcast movement i have my own facebook group that i haven't invited anybody to except for like one person that's nowhere to go but up <laughs> uh, you, know, you gotta start somewhere man well it's all staging you know what i mean it's like because i'm figuring yeah. these things out and it's like all right well here here's a piece right here i'm gonna set it over here for a second and then i'm gonna come back to it that's how i did this whole thing man it was just it was kind of like pieced together you know as i as i could get it uh, here's podcasts, there's Potter and family, there's podcast support, you know, and then also I get, I'm in, you know, some addiction recovery groups and, uh, uh some, uh, other ones, uh, men's mental health, you know, cause a lot of people are interested in, in mental health stuff and, and, you know, that, so I get some guests from there. I'll, you know, find somebody who's got an interesting story and I'll hit them up, like just cold calling them and say, Hey, you know, you feel like want to, you know, share your story with, and help every and help somebody sometimes they say yes sometimes they say no yeah you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of no's but you're also gonna get a lot of yeses and also you're gonna get a lot of uh times where you have to keep on the person like you'll try to set something up one thing fails and falls through but then go back like three months later and be like hey dude you still interested in doing the show i know things got a little busy uh just persistence man you just gotta you know that's one thing i found out you gotta stick with it like to get that guest you want yeah and i haven't had any um like really big names or anything like that these are just kind of like local people or people that i've picked up off of the uh off of those groups um 
but you've got a pretty big body of work yourself. You're like, what, 170 in? Yeah, I have 170 out now. I think this will probably be 171. So, yeah, I've I've got a few out. Some uh some names you may have heard of and then a lot that uh you may that may be new to you. So, you know, I I like to get uh you know, I like to try to get some of the big names, but I also want to get the people who are coming in at the ground level sharing their experience because it's like those people who are at the level that are you're at or one step above might have that advice that you need to get to where you want to go opposed to somebody who's been who has quote unquote made it for so long you know i don't have a whole lot of time to sit and uh do the advertise like promotion like i want to to because it's got so much going on right now so Trying to figure out that social media thing, man, has just been has been kind of difficult for me because it's like ah, you have to be engaged with it all the time, and it's like, dude, I, can't, I don't have time to be engaged with this shit all the time. I can't, I can't post on Instagram every fucking twenty minutes. You know, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, like, uh, Sean, uh, what about that construction job over there? I'm sorry, I was uh, posting a cool pic to Instagram, man. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to promote my shit that you guys don't know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just let me let me have my time, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is tricky, man. So seven weeks, and I'm at almost 450. Um, I've got three episodes that have almost 100. Uh, so I'm figuring I probably got about 90 people that are downloading on a on a regular. They just haven't got to the rest of them yet. At least okay. that's what it looks like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just inflating it to make myself feel better. I don't know. Um, but, you know, a lot of people just say, you know, just stop worrying about that. Don't think about that because it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not going to do anything for you anyways. Just keep creating content. Keep putting it out. Be consistent. Have a good message and make sure that you're, you know, you're, 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 engaging with people and like i just figured out how to do that you did you see the clip that i i put out the one you sent to me through messenger yeah i didn't like that one so i I did another one because it just didn't seem like uh i don't know man i just they tell you if you're gonna if you're gonna do one of those you choose a different don't choose a picture of your your podcast or something that everybody sees all the time so use something different so i changed up the picture and i changed up the 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 image a little bit and i tried it out a little bit differently but yeah those are what they tell you on instagram like if you can do those for like 30 or 30 seconds to 60 and i think going around 30 is probably a little bit better because most of these people can't can't stay focused for longer than 30 seconds on something or they'll just they'll swipe past it if it's if it goes any longer than that so that's something that i'm trying to do on instagram and uh and facebook snapchat fuck i have no idea i've never never even got into snapchat yeah snapchat i haven't really messed around with too much you know uh but yeah instagram and facebook and a little bit of twitter where you know i spend most of my time um but um i guess we're already on the topic of how do you promote yourself so besides uh facebook instagram twitter is there anything that you use uh to promote yourself or do you have a specific tactic on on social media now Mm. uh you know i'm probably gonna say that you know aside from posting in those groups when i can uh doing the instagram stuff and on my facebook page or in in my facebook profile uh aside from that the only other uh, promotion that i do is being guests on other people's podcasts like i said there's all kinds of different ways that you you can go about doing it and i think that probably when other people hear you that's when they they either decide they want to listen to you and go right to your 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 you know wherever your podcast is and download it and i think the best way for for promoting yourself is being on other people's stuff because then you get a chance to hear you yeah and you get exposed to their audience as well which is always nice so yeah dude social media still you know still working on which is understandable i've been doing it for a little while and i'm still trying to get all the things down um how many how many shows would you say you've guessed it on Mm, one four so far 
four so far yeah all right all right cool man so you've you're getting out there quite a bit you're getting out there now so in in the short amount of time that uh you've actually had like in your seven episodes probably eight by now um what would be a highlight that you care to share with the uncontained audience well highlights not going to be in in the uh in the episodes itself um i I guess if i had to pick one that was a highlight it would probably be the guy that i just did the investigative journalist because that falls kind of in the wheelhouse of of my interests and and like exposing truths um you know that that people are trying to hide from us social engineers whatever you want to call them um and so but another i mean if you just want to talk about a regular highlight you know, something that I did, uh, some people won't know about me is that, um, I actually row, uh, whale boats. And last week I went to, or last weekend, really? Saturday. Yeah. Last Saturday I, I was in a race from the golden gate bridge all the way to the Bay bridge. And it was eight of us rowing. There was a coxswain and there's a, uh, a, a bow hook. So the coxswain's a guy that, that steers it from behind. And with with, okay. with the big oar, and then the bow hook is the one who's basically telling us, "Hey, you know, you need to do a power ten, or you know, because the, the other team's coming up on you." And so it took us forty five minutes, or no, forty three minutes, and we went five point four miles, um, rowing hard the whole time. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, this is something that I do in my spare time, and I started doing it. Uh, for charity uh, for my local and we put a team together and for Vallejo they have a waterfront weekend down there and they have a regatta and and boat races whale boat races so that's when I first started doing it and I've been doing that for five years now and then this is the first year where I went outside of it and started doing it in other uh, areas or or actually in with another group so that's been pretty cool man and that's uh What's really cool about that is it forced me to push myself beyond where I thought I could go, you know, because when you're rowing that hard for that long a period of time, like you're the whole time, I'm just like, I want to quit. I want to quit. I don't want to go anymore. I want to do. (laughs) But you got a team counting on you, you know, and they're they're, you know, they're just as exhausted as you are. And uh, yeah, it was it was really cool, man. I, I. that is the hardest I've ever had to do anything. And I left everything out on the water. Cool, man. So how does a whale boat differ from a dragon boat? Well, it's definitely not the kind of, it's not the skull rowing where it's the skinny boat where they go real fast. These things only go about seven yeah. miles an hour, eight miles an hour. If you're, if you're riding current. So it's a big, it's a big fat 2000 pound boat. And, uh, you know, there's, there's eight of us, two, two, um, two on, per seat and it's, uh, the wooden oar. And so you're basically, you know, you're using your hand, you're using your hand like this and you're pulling it back to you. It's kind of like the rowing machine, but you're just, there's a lot more drag on, on, on it. And you're constantly, uh, uh, got pressure on, on the oar. That is cool. Um, you have any, uh, races coming up? Uh, not until we don't start, uh, practicing again for the, uh, the Vallejo regatta until August. So I got a little bit of a break, but I mean, with the union, I'm doing so many different things with them. That's another thing that just kind of, you know, that, that helped me, uh, too, in 2015. Um, that's when I really got involved there. And, you know, like I said, man, they're just these little small victories in, in, you know, that just allowed me to go, dude, you can do it. You know, and, and it's it just <laughs> it, one thing leads to another, to another, to another. And, you know, it's just all these little small things. You know, if you're doing good stuff, good stuff's going to happen to you. Karma. I, I, I believe in it a lot. Uh, you know, do do good stuff. You get good stuff. Do crappy stuff. You get crappy stuff back. You know, I only have a couple more questions left for you, Sean. So uh, let me let's let's roll on here so when somebody listens to your show i think i'll i think there'll be a good answer with this one when somebody listens to your show nowhere to go but up um what do you want them to take away and remember about your show that they may hear something from one of my guests or myself 
that could be, you know, what they needed to hear to keep going and not giving up, you know, whether it's, you know, they're in, in a, in a toxic relationship, like I was in, in, and got out. Um, and this is probably going to go into one of your, your last question, but you know, I, I just want to be, you know, a positive force in this community, in the podcast community and in community in general, Okay, you know, and I, I want people to, you know, you can use my stories and, and what I've been through, you know, and, and how I got through it to not have to go there yourself, you know, and I do know that, you know, some people, they just, like we said before, you know, you just, they have to be ready to change, you know, and hopefully I find people that are on that part of their life and their trajectory or they're able to receive this information and it be useful to them. Yeah. The possibility that you have to help uh, be an agent of change on your show is, uh, is a lot, man. And uh, I, I like what you're doing. I've listened to three episodes now, I think. So um, keep it up, keep on plugging away. And yes, as you've already mentioned, it is a grind. You'll have some shows that are high, some shows that are low, man. And, uh, I have one more question for you, but before we get to that question, where can people find you on the internet? What's, uh, what's your corner of the world wide web? I'm on, let's see, I'm on Instagram. They can, they can email me from Gmail, uh, you know, I'll give you all the stuff on the, sh- uh, all my, my social media, uh, links for your show notes. Um, like I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, right. I got a Facebook group. Uh, I have a podcast page through Lipson where you can, you know, go actually leave comments on every single one of my episodes, each different episode. If you wanted to, uh, I've got a, a, a YouTube channel. I've only got one viewer, but I mean, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> It's there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody. Will All right. Call Perfect. It, so. You know. So, yeah. So you're going to give me those. I will go the ats for that and the uh, links and I will put those in the show notes so you can uh, get a hold of Sean and Sean. It was great having you on today. I really appreciate you sharing your story and I look forward to hearing uh, many more episodes of, uh, of your podcast, nowhere to go, but up and, um, watch watching the show grow, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on my show and share it with, uh, the uncontained audience. Now, the time for that final question, the title question of the show, Sean Dustin, how do you live uncontained? Well, I just try to be true to myself, live 100 and, uh, you know, I keep the noise, the noise down. Uh, you know, I just, no, there's the only, the only, the only boundaries that we have are the ones that we put on ourselves. All right. Um, we're, we can, okay. do, we can do anything that we want. Uh, you know, your, your, your biggest enemy is yourself, you know, and your mind, you're the only person that, that gets in the way of anything that you want to do. And so I try to make sure that I don't get in the way of myself anymore. And that allows me to keep moving on, to keep growing, to keep learning, to keep, you know, just putting one foot foot in front of the other, man. And that's what allows me to live my life uncontained. Perfect, man. I have one final thing for you to do uh, before I let you out of here for the evening and your marathon of five interviews for the day can be over. Sean, will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? My name is Sean Dustin. I'm the host of Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I live uncontained. Welcome to Uncontained, episode 171. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I speak to a podcaster, the host of Nowhere to Go But Up, and uh, he interviews people who have had those rock bottom stories and have kind of helped build their way up from them. And in his life, in this interview, you'll find out he's experienced rock bottom three times and in and out of prison 
and uh, struggling with addiction. He talks about that and how he got his life turned around by stacking small positive things. We'll talk about that along with just podcasting in general and uh, what it's like starting up a show, what to expect. Uh, And Sean shares a surprise talent of his near the end of the show. So make sure you stick around to find out what that is. Also, Also, if you have been liking the show, been digging what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button in whichever podcast player you listen to, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, all of those are good. So if you listen there, please subscribe, rate, and review. It definitely helps out the show. Now, plug in those earbuds because this is how Sean Dustin lives uncontained. 